This week we read The Adventure of the Norwood Builder. The League of Shrill Overprotective Mothers have found this story unsuitable for minors due to incidents of murder, arson, and leaving fingerprints all over the walls. <laughs> Reader discretion is advised. The game is afoot, all our buddies. Welcome back to the final pod blem, the only Sherlock Holmes read-through podcast being brought to you from a coronavirus bunker deep beneath the roof of my home. Uh, my name is C.W. Hills. They call me, and joining me is the barista who got out of the barista and customer service games just in time to avoid maximum exposure to a very sick public. So, actually, well done, you. Honestly, yeah, my self-preservation skills are amazing. You didn't even know you were doing despite that. Despite me yeah. not even trying, yeah. No, your subconscious is just like, you know what? Let's get fired. Trust me. We'll explain why I've later. I've had so many direct and indirect attempts on my life at this point that my, self, my self-preservation skills are just... I don't even think about it anymore. I just do it. I'm just like, well... What's that, boy? <laughs> We're in danger? I just do things and I'm like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing. I'm sure it'll come in useful later. And then it does every time. So check that out. Try there to kill go. me. You can't. Can't be done. I'm unkillable. Um, That's... Mm. I'm, uh, mm. I'm that new type. I'm that new type of gay representation where instead of the gay that dies all the time, I'm the unkillable gay. Uh, I'm, nice. I'm just starting this new trend now. So much like Jesus and Sherlock Holmes, uh, I am the. <laughs> no. Yep. Yeah. So no, keep going. <laughs> no, I'm no, doing no. great, Jim. That's it. No, <laughs> I, you get one Jesus mention from the Jew per uh, series, and that was it. That's fair. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, how are you dealing with the time change? I hear it sucks. So I, we slept in today and we were like, okay. you know what? We're, wait, so is it back to, what did we lose or gain? I don't even know. No one knows. No it's one has ever known. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know whether my state doesn't do it or does it all the time. I'm not sure there's a meaningful difference between the two. <laughs> everyone's just back to, you're like, everyone's back to Arizona time, I guess. Exactly! <laughs> the only correct time <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> Real Casey time! <laughs> Get on that central Casey time, that CCT. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we slept in and we were like, oh, it's fine, you know, and then we found out we actually woke up earlier i think than we we didn't sleep in as much or we or we question mark or we slept in way more than we even (laughs) attempted to so who knows maybe you slept a whole day and it's maybe we did there's 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 no way of knowing daylight savings is a mess and i hate it (laughs) oh daylight savings is nonsense just like time zones just like the penny none of it should exist (laughs) it's ridiculous Uh, although i did learn uh that the national speed limit of uh 55 miles an hour was a direct response to an oil embargo in uh, i want to say 1973 or 1975 uh and as a result of which the country entered a year-round state of daylight savings for almost two years in the 70s as a as an effort to preserve daylight and lower fuel consumption are you serious yeah oh my god wait there's a national speed limit uh, there, there was at the time, I'm not sure if that has since been revised. Okay. It was in the seventies. Okay. They literally, wait, are you telling me they literally changed time to yes. get less people? Yeah, sure. All right. It makes as much sense as anything else. I was going to say, what <laughs> are we in, Nicholas? Right? <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. All right. 
So this story ruled. I'm very excited about it. Every time we start an episode, I, I try to think about how the greatest generation uh, goes over their, their Star Trek episodes, and they always wait until the end to say, did you like this episode? And I'm like, one day, we're going to do it. We're going to get there. And then we just leap right into it, and we're like, no, this ruled. And yeah. I think <laughs> no. that is that is on brand of us. And I think it is. Okay. We're, we're both very excitable people, and... It's true. Yeah. We don't claim not to be. Nope. Yeah. It's part like of our charm, like or so our significant <laughs> others convince us. Right. <laughs> so... Holmes is bored. Quote, yep. London has become a singularly uninteresting city since the death of the late lamented Professor Moriarty. With that man in the field, one's morning paper presented infinite possibilities. Uh, to which Watson points out, uh, I mean, not it's probably not so boring for the people who aren't getting crimed quite so much. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> I'm sure the unmurdered people out there are fine with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this just serves to underscore that Holmes uh, is fundamentally an addict for substance or for stimulus. He has a personality uh, that stagnates in monotony, and he bores easily. Mm -hmm. So the boys are back at Baker Street. Nicholas, how did this come to be? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. There's an amazing bit uh, where you learn that... Holmes uh, Holmes tries to convince Watson to move back to Baker Street with him, and Watson does so, and the, uh, the um, it was something like the, uh, oh, the, the doctor that uh, is taking over Watson's practice uh, in, in mm -hmm. his old rooms uh, ended up just, just offering to pay Watson just the a really good yeah, amount of he money paid sticker price yeah like just yeah. straight up the amount of money asked uh for the rooms and watson finds one house please right and watson finds out later on uh uh somehow he finds out that uh that that guy the doctor was actually related to Holmes somehow and it was actually Holmes yep. who gave him who made sure he had enough money to buy the yeah. room so watson could move back in with him which is good. just amazing um it's very cute yeah so it's just it's just not the same without without Watson there. Uh they yeah, you got to have your boys. They're a set. Do not separate. Salt is a set. It's true. As so many salt shakers have shown us, <laughs> mostly shaped like dogs in my experience. There's a large I've seen I've seen Holmes and Watson salt shakers. That's there's a small portion of the listening public that's going to kill, Nicholas. Wait, no. It's going to slay. You, I really want to know what you just said. You were kind of going in and out. What was it? Something about no, dogs? No, there's well, yeah, no, there's dogs. I saw specifically one of our followers had posted something she was really excited about, some, like, some some Holmes and Watson dog salt and pepper shakers that oh, were a <laughs> set together. That's awesome. It was. It was very I good. I love that. Moving on. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, contrary to Holmes and his claims of boredom, they have actually been pretty busy mm -hmm. with, quote, the case of the papers of ex-president Murillo, and also the shocking affair of the Dutch steamship Friesland, which so nearly cost us both our lives. Now, I don't know about you, Nicholas, I want to hear more about this anti-president. I, I want to hear more about Holmes and Watson's steamship adventures on a boat. When do we ever see them on a boat? We don't, and I want to. Nope. I think that sounds great. Well, that one time they got captured by, by Mrs. Hudson, who was Moriarty's secret daughter, remember? Was that, was that, elementary or <laughs> that Wait. that was that was holmes and watson buddy oh yeah oh yeah i totally watched that movie um <laughs> <laughs> some part some part of my brain watched that movie <laughs> brad keefover's just writing us angry tweets as we speak dear sirs he loves it i'm sure <laughs> he loves it so much <laughs> no. i love it dude I, okay. I feel like that's one so... of those things that you like you enjoy hearing 
other people who like it, but you also enjoy hearing people trash talk it. Like me with Coldplay. Yeah. Like, it's the same exactly. amount of enjoyment. Same level. You heard it here, folks. Holmes and Watson, the Coldplay of movies. <laughs> so suddenly... <laughs> When suddenly and uh, youth appears, yeah. So, um, so this uh, this guy comes in. His name's John McFarlane. He comes in extremely agitated. Uh, he's yep. he's described as a young bachelor, or by Holmes as uh, uh, he's obviously a young bachelor, a solicitor, and a Freemason and an asthmatic. But Same. other than that, Holmes doesn't know who he is by name. And uh, <laughs> and uh, after the really quick, like, well, how do you know all those things? Moment. He he starts to tell his story. Um, well, here's the thing, Nicholas. Yeah. Why is he so desperate to tell his story as quickly as he can? Because the he police are right on his heels. The police. He is literally about to be um, arrested, and he came yes. to Holmes. He came directly to Holmes to tell his story as quickly as possible before he got arrested and lost his chance to tell what was going on because he knew that uh-huh. he looked so suspicious that it was just a matter of time so holmes is sitting there with the he starts reading holmes is, has begun reading the newspaper the newspaper still on his lap john mccarlin uh points to the newspaper and is like here look i'll show you the story that is the reason i'm here today conveniently look <laughs> it me <laughs> right look that's me right there in the news uh so uh the story is a uh, a well-known builder in uh Nor in the town of Norwood uh called mm-hmm. Jonas Oldacre has apparently been murdered and burned good name. in uh the wood pile in his backyard and uh sure. he's he's a well-known builder in the town he's known for his eccentric habits he's secretive and retiring kind of person and he's also extremely wealthy from his uh from his job as a builder he did a pretty good job um, at that, and, uh, and apparently he's just been murdered, and McFarlane is, uh, the number one suspect in this case. Correct, and, and not without good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known to have visited the night before the murder, the home was found ransacked, and McFarlane's own bloody walking stick was in yeah. evidence. Now, here's the thing, Nicholas, I myself keep a number of walking sticks for just such an occasion. If a bloodied walking <laughs> stick should happen to be found at a crime scene, and it leads back to me, I can say, nah, dogs, I got this other walking stick right here. This, I sawed from one of the trees in my backyard. This is one of my personal totems. I would not use it to bash in the noggin of an ancient <laughs> land developer. No, sir. And Holmes says, thank God I was so bored. I thought nothing was ever going to happen again. <laughs> and then Watson clears his throat and Holmes says, I mean, oh no, don't worry, young man, we'll save you. Yeah, literally, yeah. Uh, now, I really need you to clarify this because you are Casey. What's up? Do you actually own walking sticks or was that just part of the joke? I do. I have two walking sticks. Yeah. Uh, one of which is <laughs> one of which is polished and nice, and has a little leather hand loop, and it has a carving of some flowers on. And uh, I used it when I walked my dog because people in Arizona are as uh, are as worried about leash laws as they are about gun safety laws. So, oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I have frequently, <laughs> I have on more than one occasion, uh, had to had to fend off another dog that had been too uh, too uh, assertively interested in my dog. That's that's totally fair, actually. Um, yeah, some yeah. people just don't train their dogs and yet bring them out anyway. Um, <laughs> yep. And, and the other one, yeah, that one yeah. I bought from 
the shop in the mall. Um, and cool. the other one I have, uh, I was actually doing some yard work and did happen to saw down a very nice walking stick sized uh, beam, which I pared down. And I'm certain when the time is right, I will uh, inscribe with any number of runes and sigils and carry with me as my wizard staff as I walk the domain around me. That is awesome. That is, I, I can't even say anything about, I'm not even going to make fun of you because that's just cool and I respect it. I mean, I didn't <laughs> find a knife in the woods, Nicholas. I got to do something to make my life seem magical. That was here. a gift to me from yeah. the forest. Some okay, a peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> right. In the pre-show, Nicholas told me about how he found a seven-inch knife in the woods, like a gift from some forest spirits who want him to protect himself from the coronavirus. <laughs> they don't understand how genetics and biology work, it, but it they're here just, to help in any way they can. It was just sitting there at the bottom of a tree trunk, and I'm like, this is the most YA young adult novel thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, I just, I just rolled with it. I think you might be in a Hunger Game now. I think I am. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think my Hogwarts letter is going to arrive in the mail any minute. <gasps> by Owl! Oh, It'll minute, come by no. Owl! I'm so excited. No, wait a minute. President Snow was smart. Anyway. Ah, uh, yeah, not quite the same. So, yes, Holmes and Watson <laughs> have sized up this young man, uh, and they have decided between them that he does not appear to be a murder man. Watson's like, this guy looks nice. <laughs> he looks like a exactly. nice young man. He can't possibly have I'm murdered convinced. anybody. <laughs> um, no. To be fair, Holmes does immediately... Uh, remind Watson of another murderer who seemed like, again, the same type of guy. Really nice young guy, good-looking yeah. dude, who murdered, like, seven people or something. So you cannot, contrary to what Doyle does quite a bit by judging yeah. people how they look and how, compared to how murderous they are, uh, it's not always the case. Uh, sometimes nope. murderers are pretty, and- the, I am the case. The, the what? Yes, that's you. Your I case. am the case. Your case. At all times. Do people actually call you case- Rarely, yeah. Uh, usually, usually in my family, uh, because I have a cousin called Casey who is both a woman and a great deal older than me. So usually they call me okay. Casey Wayne, just for distinction. Sometimes Case, yeah. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Sometimes Donna calls me Case, and when she does, it makes my spine go shiver shake, and I like. It. <laughs> Cute. She's so good. <laughs> All right. Strider's back. Let's just turn the non-gay knob down. All right. <laughs> so we got it. We're constantly balancing it. We got two. <laughs> exactly. Trying it's to keep like, that. Yeah. No. There's there's a famous story about the Neil Young album Harvest, which I quite like, uh, where he had one of his friends come out to listen to it, and what he had done was Neil Young was living uh, in a house by a lake that had a barn, but the barn was on the opposite side of the lake. So what he did was he filled both the house and the barn up with speakers and had his friend go out into the middle of the lake and he played the left audio track and the right audio track separately in the barn and in the house so it was just like two giant speakers and so the guy would say give me more barn <laughs> that's amazing Which sounds like something i would make up for a fake lie but no that is just what actual neil young the angel of the north yeah uh, no i does. believe it yeah i i believe that 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 tracks so yeah, okay. This 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 nice young guy is like, please, please, I'm innocent. Uh, help me out here. And yeah. Holmes agrees. Save me, Sherlock. You're my only hope. Right. It's a very uh, damn. I'm a Dane and all but name. Yeah, uh, it's a dude this time. Um. So Holmes is reading through the paper, and oh God, quote. The criminal investigation has been left in the experienced hands of Inspector Lestrade yes. of Scotland. <laughs> Following up on the clues with his accustomed energy and sagacity, which is really good because that's the equivalent of the newspaper saying, Greg Lestrade is handling it. Don't worry. He's good at this. 
Yes, uh, my boy Lestrade is here. He arrives very closely after McFarlane uh, sees him and is yep. like, oh, it's the guy I'm supposed to arrest. And Holmes is like, hold on one second. Just let arrest him tell- those suspect him. <laughs> um, let this guy tell his story real quick. He just got here. It would be rude to arrest him now. Uh, just give him a sec. Let him tell a story. So Lestrade's like, uh, all right. Okay. All right, you got 20 no, minutes. No, it's all right, Sherlock. No, I, I brought beignets and mochi ice cream. Yeah, no, I'll sit around. We can, <laughs> hear, we can hear the story. Yeah, uh, Holmes Holmes banishes Lestrade to his chair in the corner while uh, yeah. while the suspect is telling a story. Uh, so so um, John McFarlane starts telling his uh, his account of events, which is... Uh, you want me to do it or you want, do you want to... Yeah, by all means, go for it. Okay. Um, so... So he, Did you not hear me? I have beignets and mochi ice cream over here. I'm good. <laughs> You're set. Uh, so uh, McFarlane is a solicitor, which is kind of a it's kind of an old timey or British term for it's, it's something in the law. It's kind of it's a kind of it's a kind of property lawyer. Uh, they deal a lot in like wills and the distribution of property. Okay. Um, a lot of them have to do with like real estate and stuff like that. Not so much law lawyers. Okay, got it. I was not clear on that but thank you uh, yeah, for carrying that up certainly so yeah so he's that and um he's just at his job one day and jonas oldinger comes in and is like hey i got a will here i need you to um to notarize it for me and as uh mcfarland's reading it he realizes that jonas oldinger has willed pretty much everything to him and he's like hold on what and mm-hmm. uh oldinger uh says yeah you know i i used to know your parents we used to be friends and you just i hear you, you seem like a nice guy i'm just i don't have any relatives uh that i could will this to so i'm just i just decided to I just will all my stuff to you why not and yeah. uh McFarland's totally Why would taken you question that, like, this? Like, all right. I, I mean, I guess this is like, thank you, I guess. And, uh, so he, he looks over the will and the will is, um, uh, written kind of, it, it was kind of hard for him to read because it was written, yeah. uh, it is sketchy as hell in more than one way. Yeah. It, it's written really messily and, uh, there's some parts that are, that are just nearly illegible. And so he does that and, uh, and then, uh, Oldaker invites him to come over to his, uh, to his house later that night, I oh, think, yeah. or the next he says, night. He says there are some physical assets that he needs to see in person. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just this whole thing is just really sus from the beginning. Uh, it is. But he he goes over there that night. Uh, they they go over a bunch of other papers. He signs a uh, – McFarland signs a bunch of them, and Old Edgar's like, okay, great. You're you're all set. You mm-hmm. get the rest of my stuff. Go home. Awesome. Uh, McFarland goes home. And – yeah. Oldacre binds him to secrecy, re his yes, new status important. as beneficiary. Yeah, yeah. He he makes a point to say, uh, hey, uh, just make sure don't tell your parents about any of this. I want it to be yeah. a surprise for them. Just just let it be our secret between us for now. Keep it under your law hat. Yeah, which again, why? So, um, yeah, you don't, I don't <laughs> imagine, because see, like, if it was an ordinary thing maybe but i i mean there the conflict of interest there has to be catastrophic in the first place i don't think in the united states any lawyer would get away with signing or officiating a will that left him the beneficiary i don't think you're legally allowed to in the first place i can't imagine that would be okay yeah no i've uh i've actually uh written my own will and had it Sure, uh, that adds up. Like, notarizing everything officially. Yeah, uh, and, and now you've got a really bitchin' knife to stick it to a tree with. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, you can't... I know you can't... Uh, whoever is the... Uh, 
the person notarizer. Yeah, the the efficient of your will, whoever you decide after your death. Executor. Yeah, executor, there you go. Like the Pokemon. Yeah, the executor can't get anything, and I'm pretty sure if you knew someone who could notarize wills legally, they couldn't get anything either. But, yeah, those um, bindings are are thick. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty and uh neither of your witnesses, I don't think, who sign it are allowed to it, they have to be Benefit. other other people yeah. yeah they can't benefit so uh objective uninterested parties yeah there, there's a lot of rules to it um but anyway regardless uh complicated business dying yeah, yeah really uh really strange and uh also as mcfarland's leaving he's like well i don't know where my walking stick is and Oldiger's like hey you know we'll, we'll see each other again at some point i'll just give it to you later so he's he's left his walking stick there he goes home sure. to mom and dad and how he's gonna walk home i'm sure i don't know and uh right <laughs> and uh um and then the next day, I, I think it is it the very next day that uh, Old Acre is oh yeah found on fire in his backyard. Uh, so yep. so really all like they Hitler before him all they all they find rest in pieces all they find <laughs> is rest in garbage. Um, oh by the way, uh, sorry I have to break in here. I recently watched uh, Jojo Rabbit. Um, the oh new man, film I'm from dying to see that. It is so good. Okay, first of all, yeah. Taika Watiti makes incredible movies uh, that you, listener, that even if you don't know his name, I guarantee you, you've probably seen and loved his movies. He did What We Do in the Shadows. He did Thor Ragnarok, also called Thor, the good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thor, the but only like, one I saw. <laughs> this is a satire of of a little boy growing up uh, in Nazi-era Germany. He's a like a literal Hitler youth, um, mm-hmm. but Hitler is his imaginary friend. Hitler plays by Taika Waititi himself, a Jewish New Zealander Maori man, which is very good. But yeah. what I didn't know, I knew it was going to be delightful, and it was. It was hysterical. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was that this was Taika Waititi making a Wes Anderson film. So it is the cutest, most pastel, like, twee yeah. thing you've ever imagined in the middle of World War II. Anyway, uh, I don't... I, it's, it's, I'm not breaking any ground or taking any big risks here by saying that this movie that's a giant middle figure to Hitler is great, but go see yeah. the movie. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm dying to see it. I, uh, I'm i definitely going to... We we wanted to see it in theaters, but it just wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't playing in any... I don't know if it was like just not yeah. very well put it out didn't or anything get a ton of play because it was considered controversial which super tells disappointing you all you need yeah. to know about where the united states is at right now yeah 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 that yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> so not getting sucked back into that no. if you see a nazi punch it from your friends at the problem yep. anyway fully so, endorsed yeah. Yeah. So, um, and all they found of Oldacre's body in the was in the woodpile out back. They just found some clothes of his. Right. Uh, they were they were able to identify a button uh, from one of his, <laughs> from his pants they had because they were metal. My then. God, <laughs> what's keeping had... his fly up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were able to identify a button. <laughs> they were. It doesn't say like they, they found were. a button in the house. The housekeeper was like, "Oh yeah, dear Jesus, Chief, this has four holes." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. The way you said it made me happy. I, I don't. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> no, it just it just caught me off guard. Is all. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> but they haven't. They didn't. See, here's the thing. Yeah. They never said they found, like, a human corpse body, right? They, I don't even think they found any, like, clearly recognizable 
bones or remains. No. It was just some clothes. Or blurry ones. I, yeah, I, I, I think there might have been some bones of some kind, but it was Miscellaneous so... Miscellaneous bones. Yeah, it w- they were so charred and just, like, there was right. barely anything left that it was, like, there was hardly anything. I, it could barely These be identified be as a person. So here's yeah. here's the fun part. So yeah. uh, McFarlane, uh, he said he couldn't find his stick. Old Acre said, don't worry about it. I'll hang on to it till the next time you come over here. You're going to be around this place a lot because I now have a financial uh, thing I can hold over you forever. Um, <laughs> it was too late to go home, so he didn't. He went to a hotel. He mm-hmm. woke up. He got on the train. And then, as we have all done, opened the paper to learn that he was a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and, how he found out. And I think in the newspaper, it it mentions his stick had some blood on it. So he's just sitting there, like, "How? I don't. None of this stuff. I, what is going on? Like, I left before right. any of this apparently went down. Um. So, and I, I think from there, he just goes straight to Holmes. Uh, yeah, he yeah. just beats feet to to Holmes because he knows he's going to be arrested at literally any moment. Yeah. So yes. yeah. So they get up to that point and. Uh, and Lestrade, yeah. Lest- <laughs> here's the thing. Lestrade is, is uh, he's just a real proud pony this whole time because he feels he's done a very neat job of this and oh, he yeah. resents Holmes. Like, I mean, he, there's a, there's a sort of baseline resentment from, from Lestrade and the other police, just like that Holmes is better at their jobs than they are, that he's always interfering and whatnot. But it's, it's usually taken fairly genially with a grain of salt but lestrade is like nah dude there is a guy he murdered a dude i caught i did my job sherlock leave me alone but uh he says oh is there anything more you'd like to ask mr holmes i'll not until i've been to blackheath oh you mean to norwood oh yes no doubt that is what i must have meant (laughs) wink (laughs) right and there's there's a line from an mc front a lot song where he says if i don't mean it and you know it then you know just what i mean and i think <laughs> that's really good and that's the real spirit of what's going on that here. is but exactly yeah so lestrade has been entertaining this this whole thing just for the love he bears sherlock like it was a professional courtesy to sherlock that he was even allowing this kid to talk it really but is lestrade's, yeah. yeah lestrade's kombucha has run dry and with it his patience so yeah. jail forever after for McFarland. Uh, but Lestrade stays behind to talk to the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lestrade and Holmes kind of uh, have a... Uh, They're snippy. They really do. They really are snippy this time. Lestrade is really... He usually uh, he usually thinks he's right, even when Holmes mm-hmm. has a lot of good reasons. And yeah. Holmes is just kind of... He, he doesn't really have enough information to um, to give the theory yet, but he just knows something is off. He's like, I know you're wrong, but I can't explain yeah, why. He can't explain why yet. And Lestrade's just kind of using that as like, well, you don't know, then you have nothing to say goodbye. Like, I, I'm arresting this right. guy. You know, if you if you happen to come up with any evidence to contradict my perfect theory, let me know. But I don't think you will. Right. And it's just kind of it's it's very much the whole the yeah. straight home sparring well, and, match of theories. Yeah. And Holmes tries to poke as many holes as it in it that he can. Mm-hmm. Holmes says why would you kill a man the very same day that you met with him to inherit his fortune, especially when a servant has seen your face? Why would you leave your bloody stick behind as evidence? And Lestrade's response is basically, oh, it's easy, Holmes. Criminals are stupid. I'll keep in mind. You can't have him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, that was one of the things he brought up. If he knew, if McFarlane knew he was going to inherit all of this stuff anyway, and Jonas Oldacre, he wouldn't have written, people normally don't write wills unless they think they're probably going to die sometime soon. There's usually some impetus behind it. There's yeah, usually not... some, yeah. And so, um, so for that, uh, he's like, why, why would this guy kill him if he knew he was going to get the money anyway? Usually, yeah. you know, and that much, just doesn't much happen. Much like, much like the rise of Skywalker, this falls apart under any amount of scrutiny. <laughs> yeah. And there was also the, um, the fact that the will was clearly written on a train, which Holmes deduces yes. by figuring out that some of the, uh, some of the writing is legible and others is barely legible. And that, and that was the point where the train had, uh, hit stops. It was, right. it was, it was legible during the stops and then illegible while the train was in motion because trains are bumpy. And, uh, Holmes is like, that's weird. He actually Why? figured out which specific which train, train line. line yeah, gone. which is just extra, like, unnecessary. It's very but, cool. you know, if he knew it, he's like, might as well. He just likes to continue, just drop the little things to just remind people that he is the smartest person in the yeah. world. Uh, he's got a rep. And he's just like, why, why would someone draw up so important a document? on a train like just on right. his way to the to the office to get notarized it just doesn't really it doesn't really line no. up so holmes declares that he's going to undertake his own investigation he takes off he returns late looking disappointed he plays the violin for an hour and then treats that instrument in a manner that nicholas found most upsetting <laughs> uh he begins to feel that he is wrong about everything that quote I much fear that the British juries have not yet attained that pitch of intelligence where they will give the preference to my theories over Lestrade's facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the moment, Pretty there's good. there just seems to be so much. <laughs> yeah, the there just which is like God, a mood, what a especially. <laughs> just, in, I, mean, <laughs> I have dealt with courts myself, and I can I can confirm they are quite a circus sometimes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. he. Uh, can't even imagine what the British courts must be like. No. <laughs> so I have a note here about how he talks to um, Mrs. McFarlane. What, when did Correct. that happen? Uh, just afterwards, actually, uh, he goes to see McFarlane's parents, who are understandably freaking out. And oh boy, do they hate Jonas Oldacre. Yeah, you find out. Is is that right after Lestrade leaves Holmes? Holmes heads out right then. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. He and takes he goes, off immediately yeah, afterward. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure if him going to see McFarlane's parents took place in that interim, or if this was after. I don't know. The the, the sequence of events wasn't made super duper clear. I yeah. I I think he. Uh, I think he goes to see them right after Lestrade leaves. He he tells Watson he doesn't need to come. Holmes goes on his own. Oh, and here's what happened in that gap. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then yeah. And he's relating it to Watson later, um, which just further makes. Holmes believe that he is right. He just still doesn't right. know why. Because it contradicts the story uh, that was given. Uh, Oldacre allegedly came to McFarlane saying, hey, I was old pals with your parents, uh, such as the love that I bear them, that I'm going to leave my considerable building business and fortune to you, even though we have never met. But he gets there, and Oldacre's parents say, nah, fuck that dude. He is, quote, more like a malignant and cunning ape than a human being, which yeah. I imagine has to refer to his skill with evil sign language. Uh, <laughs> he was an old suitors of the mother's, and he was mm-hmm. dumped after... Okay, here's the thing. She talks about how she dumped him after he set a cat loose in an aviary, which is, of course, one of the classic Cordic blunders. But, like, real talk, even genius cats are still idiots, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I doubt, 
I can't, I've never met a cat in my life that if you let them loose in an aviary, they could do much serious damage in there because the birds can fly. I, I feel like they might be able to grab one or two. One maybe. or two, maybe, if it was a really fast cat, but I don't know. That's the whole point. I, Nature I, was like, I'm going to give you these so you can get away from cats. Go. Right. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. No, Strider definitely couldn't do it. Scout, maybe. Um, But, no. yeah, I... And I, I really feel like Doyle was just grabbing for, like, the most evil thing he could think of. <laughs> like, well, what's something cute, really fucked up that some guy could could do? I, I, I feel like maybe murdering an animal would, for no reason, would be worse, but... Yeah. Is that too on the nose? Because, like, I feel like that's, like, the one, that's, like, the big thing that are, like, this person's clearly a sociopath of some kind, is if they just kill animals because they're defenseless yeah but, like, i don't know i mean that animal... just seems like a it just seems like a dumb thing a kid would do because even like then, like, the, cat, the cat's not evil the cat's just doing what ca- you know cat gonna cat oh, right that's fault yeah cat's gonna no cat. whatever regardless she decided she did not like this guy he's an asshole she Correct. she dumped him and on uh and further like illustrating the utter like contempt and distrust of this guy that they have on her wedding day to the other guy to mr mcfarland um, he sends Mrs. McFarlane her own portrait with the face mutilated with a knife. Like her face is All like scratched up. out with a knife mm-hmm. in the photo. Yeah. And like, this is Which what I think of he you. Then, he then left by a walking path in, uh, in Seattle. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Or Spokane then, rather. Never mind. And, and that it. is, I wish I lived near Seattle. Shoot. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, the, they, there's horrible bad blood between, they don't talk to this guy, they, they hate yeah. him. And she even says, even if he did will everything to my son, we wouldn't even want it. We wouldn't even take no, anything. No, fuck that he guy and his like, money, no, dead or alive. Yeah, we don't no, want no, his no. stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, we want nothing to do with him. So Holmes is like, okay, that's really strange. He's obviously lying. Uh, Old Hickory is obviously lying about something, but what is going on? He still doesn't really have anything else to, to go off of other than Lestrade's theory just doesn't seem right. It it just... Correct. Something is really Although, even though Lestrade's interpretation of the facts isn't isn't smooth, like it doesn't joint together nicely, like the individual pieces of evidence do begin to outweigh Holmes's misgivings because Holmes himself examines the remains that were found at the lumberyard mm-hmm. fire, um, and he found trouser buttons, which were known to be from Old Acres, like personal tailor, like the guy he used for all of his clothes. Yeah. There were no other footprints in the house besides those of uh, Old Acre, the maid, and McFarland. And Holmes up until this point, had been, like, he hadn't been saying a murder hobo did this, but he said, (laughs) it could have been anything, it could have been a murder hobo. And so, Lestrade's (laughs) whole thing was like, oh, did you find any evidence of that hobo yet? Did you find his bindle? Did you find a top hat with the bit almost come off of the top (laughs) like like a lid on a can of soup? Did you? (laughs) Yeah. And... And so the odds are looking less and less good that it was a murder hobo. Yeah, yeah, at one point, Holmes is like, some, some... Some hobo walking by could have looked in the window, seen Old Acre showing McFarland some important documents, and yes. decided to go in and try to. But I think there, I don't think there was anything stolen from his house or anything. Oh no, the pl- no, the place was ransacked. It's oh, it was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So um, all good. So so yeah, Holmes gets to the house. He he does his own little investigation. He talks yeah, to the interviews house. Interviews the housekeeper. Yeah, he's interviews the housekeeper. She really doesn't. She's a very hard nut to crack. She doesn't really say anything. Nope. Other than what was already pretty obvious. Um, yeah, she and... heard nothing. She only awoke due to the uh, aromas of burning wood and presumably upsettingly delicious cooking human. 
Yeah. <laughs> so there's all this. It's got to smell good though, right? No, probably not. I mean, if you, d- if you didn't know what it was. Burning flesh, I think most people have reported. Well, wait a Okay, well, burning flesh v v cooking meat. Like if you cook a if you cook a pig, if you just set a pig, if you just burn a pig, then yeah, that's not gonna be a good smell. Obviously, you mean like okay, so you mean like if we had human meat prepared yeah. like like meat at the deli, Correct. and then you yeah, were bur- cooked properly. Yeah, All right. Yeah, I I don't know. I have no idea. I <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I was not prepared for that bunny portrayal at all. Um, I've I've heard I've heard burning human flesh smells gross, regardless That's of fair. yeah. I well, don't know. And the I, I think part of that is that there are very few circumstances under which human flesh would be would be burning and that not be an indicator of how badly the situation at large was going. Like, it's not like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if you just set a pig farm on fire, it probably wouldn't smell like a delicious barbecue. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No. Yeah. Just yeah. plain old unseasoned meat by itself. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, don't, I don't, you, dry we gotta, we gotta hit up Sweeney Todd for his opinion on this, uh, yeah. matter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so try the priest. So, um, yeah, so Holmes, th- there there appears to be a ton of evidence against McFarlane, but it's a lot of evidence that still doesn't really work together. It's just there's something weird. You, you good, Casey? You- Mercy, no, sir. Look closer. You'll notice it's gruesome. <laughs> just hearing the whole the whole musical has just begun to play in your head. Looks that a happens- bit thicker. That More happens like to me thicker. so. I feel like anyone who is involved in theater in any way has like a line or a word that if they hear it. It just triggers an entire musical yeah. number and or the entire musical. And for me, that's like a lot of things from Les Mis because I was in a production of that. Uh, yeah. It's, that's fair. It's Sorry. I just, you just, you knocked me off, off track. Mrs. Lovett. No, it's all right. What a fascinating notion. Evidently practical and yet appropriate as always. Mrs. Lovett, how I got along without you all these years, I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Sweeney Todd so much. I, I would really love to see like uh, the non-movie. I've only seen the movie. Uh, but there's right, been same. a lot of like really good stage adaptations that I would I would love to see. Yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is it it has the same story life cycle as uh, Fiddler on the Roof. That it was originally um, a series of Penny Dreadfuls. This sounds like I'm making it up. I'm not. It was originally a series of pen- Penny Dreadfuls, like you know, like the kind of shit Holmes would read, like thrillers, like Victorian pulp uh, stories, oh, yeah? kind of things. Yeah, and so was Fiddler on the Roof. It was a series of folk stories. Uh, Tevia and his originally he had seven daughters, I think, not mm, five. Mm-hmm. He had to cut a couple daughters from the uh, from the movie. Yeah. Um, and then eventually they became uh, stage plays, and then eventually those plays were made into musical. Uh, oh films. wow! So that's cool. Yeah. Was Sweeney? T- Todd a real person or was he entirely no. fictional? Okay, I didn't know. No, that was it was sort of an operetta, like a sort of larger than life tragic character kind of thing. Okay. That I'm yeah. I'm very glad to hear that because that would be really fucked up if he was a real no, person no. and they were making no, a no. musical about like a play, drama, maybe. Yeah. Like there's a lot of Jack the Ripper stuff. Okay, that was also really messed up, but yeah. at no, no, least real it's people not... are much, much worse. Much, much no, worse. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> well we just we just watched Chicago uh for the first time in a long time. A lot of fun still holds up uh i would like mm-hmm. to give a lot of props to renee zellweger for her ragdoll work during the press conference rag because holy shit um <laughs> but like at the very end 
when Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones have united in their two, you know, their murder girl twin act that they've got going, and it's kind of mm-hmm. their ultimate triumph at the end, and everybody's cheering for them, and I just look at my wife, and I'm like, they killed people. Like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong, this is cool, you got the lights going on, but, like, they're, 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 they're murderers. Like, it's not yeah. like, it's not like OJ, where it's like, oh, there's some doubt. There's no doubt. OJ there's definitely no doubt. killed like, that woman. But, like, yeah. <laughs> celebrities with a lot of celebrity stuff like their success following an accusation of murder or serious crime rides in like the benefit of doubt and like the shadow of maybe in there but like no these dames were just like oh no we hella killed those dudes we had a whole song about it yeah (laughs) they had it coming as it were (laughs) nicholas can we just sing the rest of the episode please right this is this is the final problems musical episode there was a murder I think that should definitely be the title of this one. And then some arson. Very well. This well, man who came <laughs> up with a will, and then he went to this young McFarland, whom he would later have framed for the kill. I li- you literally just made that up. Well, it's just yeah, like just, off the cuff. Wait. Well, yeah, you know, just I I do it a lot at home, and so it's, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> So I will be. I pet the Denmark. I will be and then uh, continuing I with this episode as usual. Casey will actually be singing all of his parts. So uh, I'll no, be the. I'll, okay. I'll be the. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, I'll be the Henry Higgins to your uh, <laughs> Eliza. I'll just. Yes. I'll just kind of rap all of my Finally. all of my songs, and you can you can sing. It wasn't. Act- I don't think it was actually destiny. Audrey Hepburn singing. Uh, I think she had a voice. She can sing, but they just were like, yeah, you're like, just like, my good enough. It was the same with Jeremy Brett, too. He was in that. Oh, Jeremy Brett was in My Fair Lady. Did you know that? I did not. Now you do. He played, uh, he played Freddy. Have you ever seen My Fair Lady, first of all? I was going to say, can we be friends still if I've never seen My Fair Lady? Yes, we can. Because or it's Pretty like, Woman. It's, or Red Pygmalion. It's really long. But um, if you ever get the chance, please watch My Fair Lady. It's a, it's one of my favorite musicals ever. Uh, Audrey Hepburn, the most famous the most popular adaptation i think there have been i mean it's on stage a lot but uh the movie stars audrey hepburn as as the lead and and uh jeremy brett is in that movie with her as well he plays uh uh people who know what my fair lady is he he plays freddie einsford hill and it was funny because i like i was introduced to jeremy brett through sherlock holmes and then and then later i watched my fair lady and he's like I think he's like in his fifties when he did Sherlock Holmes, and when he did My Fair Lady, I think he was like twenty five or twenty six, mm. so he was a baby. And um, I get that it was great. Yeah, no, he's great in that movie. So if you ever want to really like just time travel, there uh, you can. I would very much like you can watch travel. a Sherlock Holmes episode, and then you can go watch My Fair Lady. And I'll have uh, to do that. I love that Whiplash. Like, yeah, my my primary context for Jimmy Stewart uh, has always been Harvey. Um, the movie where he is the best friend of uh, an invisible six foot rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it so much, and he plays his character there. El- Elwood P. Dowd is very soft spoken and sort of not soft headed exactly, but he just sort of gently wanders through the movie. And I thought I've seen right. it so many times. I thought, oh, that's that's who Jimmy Stewart is. He's just being himself. And then we mm-hmm. watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time. I had never seen it. That's um, amazing the because they never I, stop playing that movie on TV I around Christmas had, time. Do you know why? Do you know why <laughs> they never stop playing it on TV, Nicholas? I do. Yeah, I know the history of it. It wasn't it like it Tell me. it was the only it like it it was something about copyright, right? 
Yup, somebody fucked up at the last second and forgot to renew the copyright, and then it was gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> you can record, you could sell tapes of it, and they couldn't stop you. Public domain. But anyway. Yeah. My my point was, I was like, oh yeah, I want to see Elwood P. Dowd in a Christmas movie, sure. But no, in, uh, in, in, what, what is it, in, in Wonderful Life, Jimmy Street's very energetic. Yeah. And like, like action charismatic. And mm-hmm. then he yells at some small children who didn't have it coming. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the murdered husbands of the Merry Murderesses of the Row in Chicago. Full circle. Yeah. So. It's all connected. Yes. But yeah. Okay. So if you want to see Jeremy Brett as Sherlock Holmes being very serious and very intense and then s- watch him sing a song while walking down the street and being in love with Audrey Hepburn, you can do that. It's great. I love it. The Life range. Incredible. He has the range. Yes. All right. So where are we? <laughs> We're at the point where Holmes has done his own research. He's conducted his own parallel investigation. And to his despair, he is beginning to find that the official story kind of adds up but he knows in his bones that this is nonsense and he actually for the first time in my memory begins to despair that like whether or not no matter what he knows and feels in his heart they might just plain lose this one yeah he he thinks Lestrade might actually win this little professional battle um yeah he he stays up all night he he just he doesn't sleep at all. Uh, he's trying nope. to figure out. He knows that there's something he's missing, but Correct. he doesn't know what. He's like, this This just feels wrong. I just know this guy's innocent. I just don't, I don't have anything to prove it. And it's just right. driving him nuts. He does find a very interesting clue. Uh, he goes over Old Acre's accounts. And his reputation was that of a miserly, rich old weirdo. But his books <laughs> reveal that this was not so, and hadn't been for some time, due to a number of large checks being sent to a mystery man, a Mr. Cornelius, who yes. is the Uncle Jerry of this scenario, for those of you who, like myself, are obsessed with watching McMillions right now. Nicholas, <laughs> there is a program about how, in the 90s, one crime family defeated frauded and controlled the entire McDonald's Monopoly game and cheated McDonald's out of millions. What? Okay, wait, what's it called? It's called, the, the, the program is called McMillions, and I advise you to look it up because it is the wildest shit you have ever heard in your life. And <laughs> no small is part it on of Netflix? it, McMillions, it's yeah. on HBO, but you might be able to watch okay. it elsewhere. Um, okay. No, no small part of how wild it is, is that like... This is this is real high stakes money, but it's still right, real high stakes money connected to a hamburger restaurant's promotional game. So a lot of it is like <laughs> you arrived with the briefcase with the million dollar winning pull off game piece inside. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's really surreal. That is incredible, and it's like true, true story. Yo, oh, yeah, it's all true story. It's a documentary. Like the, um, one of the reasons it's so watchable is that it's produced in a very fun, well-done way. And yeah. one of the FBI agents is incredibly hilarious and charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the it, it's a true story. And, like, between, like, 1998 and 2002, the, the FBI claims that there were no legitimate winners of the Monopoly game at McDonald's. Oh. That it was all engineered. That it was all crimes and organized families doing wow. this. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, Look that shit I, up. I gotta if check that out. That sounds wild, yeah. So, uh, they have a restless night, and what happens when Holmes wakes up? <laughs> Holmes wakes up as if he slept. Uh, we don't know he did. Um, That's true. But, so, uh, yeah, they wake up, and, uh, yeah, so so there's the whole, there's the bit with him sending money to Cornelius. We don't know who this guy is. Uh, and he's sending huge transactions of money to him. Yeah. Uh, Old Acre is sending him a bunch of money, and this is just, yeah. like... 
And even that isn't necessarily evidence of anything. It's his money. You can, It ain't no crime to send some dude called Mr. Cornelius a bunch of money if you feel like it. Right, right. So, uh... Yeah, Holmes didn't sleep. He woke up. Uh, Watson wakes up, finds, comes down to breakfast, finds Holmes, uh, pale and harassed, dark shadows all over his eyes, um, and yep. he just ha- clearly hasn't slept. There's an open telegram on the table from Lestrade. Holmes asks him to read it, and it's, uh, it just says, important fresh evidence to hand. McFarland's guilt definitely established. Advise you to abandon case Lestrade. So, yep. uh, <laughs> so Lestrade straight up sends home, Texts Holmes, Victorian texts Holmes, telling him, I I figured this case out, it's done, just give up, buddy. I got this one. Yeah. And see, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. They have messengers. They have officers that he could have sent. But he's sitting there, sipping his, like, his rainbow unicorn frat. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not petty enough. Have yeah, right? <laughs> so he, he went to the telegraph office. Composed said, a telegraph. <laughs> I'm going to spend however much of the police department's money putting this in writing the that I effort. beat Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's extremely petty. So, yeah. so Holmes is just like, yeah, Lestrade's being a dick about this. Uh, I, I still am convinced that, you know, I'm right, and I think that we can... Oh, uh, yeah. I think we can go out and see if there's any any way we can be there uh, to... To, to find out anything at the last second and he Correct. says he says watson i feel like i'll need your company and moral support today because holmes is just like he's just really frustrated but i that particular scene i wanted to make like just a real quick comment out about another yeah. really like sweet moment in the in the story he says um watson watson says something about uh my friend had no breakfast himself for it was one of his peculiarities that he would not eat during more you know, intense moments. And, uh, sure. Holmes says, I can't spare the energy and nerve force for digestion. Um, yeah. so, which is funny, but, um, he shuts down his bowels, but yeah. So in this, uh, Holmes wears a diaper, right? Like, come on, <laughs> like a little bit. I don't know. Like he take it. Go, I just got to, uh, I mean, I'm going to the bathroom saying, does take up a lot of time. It takes I, time. You have to worry. And see, not only the time <laughs> it physically takes to do it, but you have to start worrying about it a good piece of time before it happens. Right. At least if you're, I mean, if I don't know. We just watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy where they figured out the surgeons figured out like, okay, this is going to be like a 19 hour surgery. What are we going to do? Answer: We're going to wear diapers, and that's genius. Oh my! So God. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't see Holmes being above that. I don't know about you. I, I, I don't particularly either. But so in the, um, in the story, uh, it's played like they just, uh, they, Holmes doesn't eat. Watson's like, all right, this is just the thing Holmes does. They leave in the. TV episode adaptation of this with Jeremy uh, Brett. With Jeremy Brett, it always comes okay. back to, <laughs> but um, it's played more like Holmes is. Uh, he's much more dejected about it. He's he's bitter about Lestrade's uh, mm-hmm. telegram. He's like, yeah, you know, Lestrade's kind of. It, it, it says cockadoodle of victory, um, and he's yeah, he's Lestrade kinda... has been crowing this entire yeah. <laughs> thing because he got one up on Holmes. Right, this yeah. has never happened, and it must be commemorated and driven into the fucking ground. Right, yeah, and and Holmes is just kind of like he he's uh, and and Jeremy Brett plays it as Holmes being really just dejected and kind of just out of it. Like to, he he doesn't know what to do at this point. Watson comes down, right. sees that Holmes hasn't eaten, and Watson kind of you can he he doesn't really he doesn't speak for a second. He looks around, he sees the cigarette ends, he sees the violin on the floor, he sees Holmes just staring off into space at nothing, and Watson kind of just. 
he he gets really quiet and he leaves down in front of Holmes and he's like, Holmes, you have to eat, you have to have breakfast. And Holmes is like, no, I can't spare the energy for digestion. And, um, but the rest of the scene plays out. Uh, they, they move to the dinner table and, uh, that line about, uh, let's have some breakfast and see what we can do about it, uh, is actually delivered by Watson. Holmes, Holmes doesn't say it. Watson's like, look, Holmes, let's, let's have some breakfast, Aww. go out together and see what we can do about it. And Watson pours Holmes some tea before he pours his own tea. And just, it's just kind of like Aww. Watson seeing what's going on with Holmes and like his mental state and just knowing what to do about it. And it's right. just like, it, it hits so, it hits particularly hard for me because, like, I've been both of those right. at one point. I've, I think most of us have. Yeah, but, like, it's extremely relatable. Um, like, whether you have serious mental health issues or not, and, like, I always, I, I always interpret Holmes uh, in that way. But, like, yeah, you get – it's just really – it's a really cute moment of Watson, like, kind of taking care of Holmes in – in a way that he knows how it's nice it's really nice i've got a clip of it that nice. of that exact scene um and i'll, I'll post it to the uh to yeah, the public twitter for sure because it's it's great that. and it's it's kind of cool because the again that tv series rarely changes things from the canon right. so when they do it's very notable and i like it, it's interesting to see how they do change things and for a lot of the changes they they are strictly about the Holmes and Watson dynamic. Uh, it's, hmm. it's almost always the changes. It's not story beats. Yeah, right. no, al- almost always the stories are changed to either, uh, give lines to Watson that Holmes originally had, give Watson a little more to do, make their right. relationship a little more central, uh, as, alongside the mystery. It, it's nice. So I, I wanted to. Neat. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. That is so, nice. Yeah. I thought that you were going to say <laughs> that Holmes, that Watson sees that Holmes hasn't eaten. And then sits down and says, "Open up, Holmes. Here comes the Zeppelin. <laughs> Going to the dock at the Empire State Building. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that's the Holmes and Watson version of the of the scene. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. I think I just created a deleted scene for Holmes and Watson. So you're welcome, right. Brad. Enjoy that. <laughs> there you go, Brad. Just." Yeah, that one's just real. Place that into the DVD. I'm absolutely sure you own. It's probably the Blu-ray. He owns the <laughs> soundtrack. He owns a physical copy of the Holmes and Watson soundtrack. I would too. It slaps. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it well, you know, it's true. It was Mark Mothersbaugh. The dude knows how to score a movie. Yeah. And like that, the musical number was actually a legitimate uh, bopper, as they say. <laughs> so. They get there. Uh, Lestrade is being a very poor winner. Yeah. Um, as is, as is often the case with people who aren't used to being the winner. <laughs> and <laughs> Holmes, Holmes is just no selling him, giving him absolutely nothing. Oh, well, mm. Mr. Holmes, have you proven us to be wrong yet? I've formed no conclusion whatever. Oh, you must acknowledge that we have been a little in front of you <laughs> this time, Mr. Holmes. Ah, you certainly have the air of something unusual having occurred. Yeah, <laughs> right? Just, yeah. It's, it's just... <laughs> it's so good, because Holmes is the kind of guy who knows how to use as much language as possible to say absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yes, an event did transpire, Lestrade. Well done. <laughs> it's, it's it's really good. Yeah, the whole scene, just Lestrade being smug as hell. Um, and I think, let me see. Uh, so Lestrade's like, all right, yep, we th- thank you for coming. Don't know why you're here exactly, because I'm already wrapping up the case. I'm just going to sit over here, write my police mm-hmm. report. Uh, that's all there is to it. Yeah, so Lestrade's... Uh, Lestrade's being smug about it, and he said, you know, I'm, I could not be possibly 
more convinced that I am right and you lost. But we also found an additional piece of evidence that you might want to see. You might be interested in this. And uh, by the... I think it's like by the coat rack by the front door or something where mm-hmm. uh, where McFarland's stick was leaning up against uh, where he had hung his stick or, or where he'd hung his coat on the wall. Uh, there's a imprint of McFarland's thumb in with blood, uh, a bloody thumbprint Evidence to on, meet you. on the wall uh, there. And it's uh, they've compared it to uh, some of the documents that McFarland thumbprint or that uh, the wax envelope that he pressed his thumb into to mm-hmm. seal an envelope because that's how they did it. Um, they took a fresh. They also took fresh prints from him because and, they yeah, had him in custody, right? Yeah. And they 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 have got copies of his thumbprint and they've compared it. It's definitely his. Uh, so conclusive evidence. Case case yeah. closed. Lestrade's like all, all right. Three of them. All three of them say this is final. Yes, this is. Lestrade says this is clearly. Obviously, this is final. Holmes says this is. Or Watson echoes him. Yes, this is final. And Holmes says this is final as well. But in a certain tone. Yeah. In that oh, tone. God. Um. Holmes has that look, everybody. He's got that look. So Lestrade's like, "All right, I'm I'm gonna go write my police report. Nothing else to do here. I'll be I'll be over here if you have any more questions, Mister Holmes." And Holmes, <laughs> I'll be over there doing the brunt of actual policing paperwork. Paperwork, right? Exactly. <laughs> which which goes to show Lestrade might actually be the main character from Hot Fuzz, or, or an ancestor so, at least. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Holmes. Holmes is doing that fucking thing. We all know the thing. The thing that someone does when they know something. And he says, oh, well, now, who would have thought it? And how deceptive appearances may be. Oh, Mm -hmm. to be sure, such a nice young man to look at. It is a lesson to us not to trust our own judgment. Is it not, Lestrade? And he's just like, oh, my Mm -hmm. goodness. I've never been so wrong in my life. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Holmes takes takes Watson with him out. They're they're like, we're going to go for a walk around the house. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, exactly. (laughs) Lestrade, you've clearly wrapped this one up. Come on, Watson, we have to go outside now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so they go out, uh, they, they take a look at the house from the outside and apparently that's, that's enough to give Holmes what he needs. They go back inside and then that's a house. All right. So the housekeeper brought this new thumbprint to the night constable's attention. The night constable, who I think we all know is dressed as Victorian Batman. But so Holmes comes (laughs) back in and says, Lestrade, I, I suppose there's, no doubt that the mark was there yesterday. <laughs> and Lestrade says, I don't know whether you think that Mr. McFarlane came out of jail in the dead of night in order to strengthen the evidence against himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So either it was there last night, Sherlock, or this guy said, you know what? I didn't leave quite enough evidence. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna break out of jail and just go incriminate myself some more. Right. But both Holmes and Lestrade are at peak sass right now, and it's yeah. beautiful. For real. So the thing is, Holmes knows for a fact that that thumbprint wasn't there yesterday because he inspected it himself. So Mm -hmm. they've gone around this walk for the property. They go back inside and they find Lestrade writing his report, I presume, sitting at a little, like, escritoire with, like, a big feather pen. So (laughs) Holmes comes in and says, Oh, I I understand that you're uh, writing a report of the case. Lestrade? Uh, so I am. Big feather pen. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Dear Scotland Yard, how are you? I am fine. And don't you think that uh, maybe a little bit uh, premature? Uh, <laughs> lays down pen. Yeah. What? 
What did you... What? Just tell me. (laughs) There's an important witness whom you have not seen, Lestrade. (laughs) I'm delightful. (laughs) So... Holmes has Lestrade whip up some burly constables out of thin air, which I imagine is uh, a skill that many of them would find useful in regular life, <clears throat> and has them bring <laughs> hay and water upstairs to the hall where presumably some crime horses are waiting. So they get up there, they they lay out the hay on the floor as one does, and Lestrade is say is is standing there, and he doesn't he he doesn't say it, but he's standing there, and the the clear emotional discussion that's happening is so you couldn't uh i mean you you couldn't just like tell me yeah (laughs) like what what we're doing could you and holmes is just oh what's the matter am i being insufferable (laughs) (laughs) it's what do you mean is it is it not great (laughs) when one person won't shut the fuck up about how smart they are (laughs) it's so good yeah no lestrade prepares this like this flawless just cake of I told you so of I mm-hmm. won of I got this and right then has and then to eat and every Holmes bite just of it. tips it back into his face yeah. uh it's so good uh yes and the, the best part is that Holmes being such a little bitch about this really just says I have been the you and I don't like it <laughs> <laughs> if this is what it's like to deal with me no thank you Sherlock says no right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've felt like being how being wrong is before and i decided i don't like it very much so i'm done not for me I've, i'm not no. gonna do it i've decided uh-uh. to be right now uh will not hit like and subscribe no thank you so so yeah he, he gathers the constables all together in one room and holmes is like all right on the, we're gonna sit we're gonna set this pile of hay on fire uh <laughs> build up sure. some smoke and everyone's just gonna yell fire at once at three one times. time at three times Everyone together. And so yeah, it's like, one, two, three. Everyone shouts fire. They have him shout again as loud as possible, top of their lungs. All the constables are yelling it. Um, Shout it to the heavens. Everybody. And and then uh, suddenly a part of the wall opens... And, sure. Joan, and Jonas Oldacre comes stumbling out, just zoops into out the daylight. He was he was hitting he was hiding in the house, the secret door. The great thing about this is that Holmes literally could have just he could have done just this any it. other way. He could have just been like, "Hey, we I found out the dimensions of the house don't line up. He's hiding. There's a secret room in here somewhere, and he's yep. in it. We got to find out. Tap on the walls or something. Nope. He had to do nope. it like this. Let's <laughs> take a look at the drama budget. Oh, I've used none of it. Okay. Right? <laughs> We're blowing it all in this case, Watson. Lestrade just sees this guy just zoop out of this secret passage. Oh, you are joking, my right? <laughs> I can see Lestrade just, like, not saying anything, just blink twice, turn around, just leave, just walk out the house. I'm going home. Get it. Like, I'm, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a personal day. I'm going to get some ramen. <laughs> It's so good. So yeah, um, going to Olive Garden. <laughs> we, no, Lestrade, they took away your pasta pass. I know what they did. <laughs> so I'll pay for it out of my own pocket. <laughs> uh, I love your Lestrade so much. I really want to just do like our own Sherlock Holmes pastiche story where you play Lestrade and just. Every like little bit of character you've built, he's his own separate character at this point. Which how much personality you've given him? It's so good. 
It's amazing. Crime today. I'm going to go down to the marzipan shop. See, the thing is, Milestride, <laughs> Milestride is an insufferable Instagram foodie, but I am not a foodie. So every single time, I have to struggle. So you're just making to think of the, it up completely. Just, yeah, to think of the most yeah. bougie, overbearing food nonsense I can possibly think of. Oh no, I've got some quinoa in me mustache. Haven't I? Just <laughs> it's really good and like surprisingly accurate for someone who I don't even think has an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No, no, it brought to my attention when I mistook some of no, don't don't look at that blood smear, don't look at that one. I thought it was some acai juice it was on the wall. I'll try to clean it off with me tongue. So that one's on me. That one's on Lestrade. <laughs> oh, Lestrade man. made a boo-boo and may have a blood transmitted disease. <laughs> but <laughs> so Oh my god. Yeah. I'm not saying I think we should go this long without recording every time, but I really do enjoy when it builds up and then just bubbles over like this. <laughs> it's it's good. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I I've never stopped you, so that that tells you, you that tells you. Why do you fear success, Nicholas? <laughs> well, and I'll be honest, as it is with all of my friends, like, I entertain myself on a daily basis, obviously, because I'm more than a little bit of a narcissist. But, like, when I'm talking to my friends, it's just like, if I can keep you laughing, I'm not gonna stop. Do you know me? <laughs> Ride this car till it's out of gas. Exactly. I just want to make my buddies laugh. Uh, preferably while they're taking a sip of their beverage. Nope. My I'm not even sure what kombucha is, already... but I I know Lestrade loves it. I think it's a type of beer. I thought it had something Pale to do ale. with cabbage. I don't know. Let's find out right now. Sauerkraut, do it. Let's see who's more wrong. Kombucha. And obviously, kombucha. I, I, obviously I know how to spell this because of the meme. Of course. Um, Wait, there's a meme? Oh, kombucha girl. You know that that meme? No. Okay. So, I'm very afraid to Google that. No, no, no. You should. It's it's just this girl taking a sip of um a drink, and then she makes uh-huh. a bunch of faces like she hates it, and then she's like, oh, maybe it's okay. Maybe. Oh, no, it's uh-huh. gross. And it's really funny. You should look it up. But I actually don't know how to spell kombucha. Do you? <laughs> I think it's K-O-M or, or K-U-M. I only know I only know even how to pronounce it because of Kevin on Good Game Great Game, who's like a scientist and a legitimate grown up, and he brings kombucha to their D and D games, and it's insufferable, <laughs> but in a really impressive way. All right, let's see. Kombucha is Wikipedia says it is a oh hmm uh is it it's like a vinegary or something? It's a fermented, slightly alcoholic, lightly sweetened black or green tea, commonly consumed okay. for health benefits. Okay, so it's like a health okay. drink, and it's also slightly oh. alcoholic. So There's no cabbage at all. I guess not. I don't know. Why um, did I think there was think cabbage involved? I think it's made from mushrooms. It looks like gross. It says also tea mushroom, tea fungus. Tea or a Manchurian mushroom. mushroom when referring to no. the culture of all time. Yeah, so I guess it's some Casey kind of. says no. It sounds like some kind of mushroom green tea. But yeah, uh-uh. just just no, look up. Thank you. It's literally the second thing that comes up when you type kombucha into Google Kombucha Girl. Okay. Just look right, it up real quick. Little, let's do a little research. Yeah. Here. You, okay. Yeah, you might be able to find it. Images. Kombucha. There's a. It's a GIF. Kombucha Girl meme. There yeah. we go. Okay, here we are. Yeah. Images. Oh, I have seen. Yeah, this. yeah, it was, it was it was oh, really okay. popular because because so, that's what she's drinking. She's trying, oh, okay, it, and I that's see. the meme. Yeah, all right. So yeah, so yeah. Kombucha. Well, now we learned about kombucha. We did. Well done. 
You betcha. <laughs> You're welcome. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so this this man seems remarkably unmurdered. Yeah. <laughs> like so you so you're alive. What's up? So you're not dead. Burned huh. in the backyard. What's so, that about? <laughs> how's that going? And he it's so That's funny. It's got to be nice. Because he realizes that he got he got caught and is just uh-huh. immediately like, "Oh no, no, it was a joke, you know? Like don't no, no please please don't <laughs> arrest me. Like please don't arrest you know me. me. I was, it was just it was just, I was, just having a laugh. I was just having a giggle. Famous for my pranks. Right. And <laughs> it's like it yeah beloved local jokester (laughs) so immediately this whole thing becomes clear he was intending to appear as if he willed this this kid all of his money and then the Mm -hmm. kid immediately murdered him uh and he and he went through extreme pains to plant all of this evidence the blood on the cane the thumbprint Mm -hmm. on the wall and it was and he'd built and because he's a builder he was able to build the secret room into his house yada yada he was mailing all this money to some cornelius dude his plan was just to move to a completely different part of england give himself a new name start over Mm -hmm. completely you know he was gonna yeah flush all of his debt just with this identity Become yeah. as Cornelius and and goozle royally legally goozle his ex's son all at once just for like the pettiest for spite get the pettiness combo trifecta literally yeah. just for spite yeah it's uh yeah yeah so and then he's just like no, well yeah it was it was a joke it was a, it was a prank and yeah they're like yeah. okay it was a good goof yeah so yeah, yeah. that and <laughs> great I would like to say uh that Lestrade I'm gonna just I'm gonna just toss it down right here mm-hmm. that was not a that was that was a bag of lifesavers but what it represents <laughs> in this court uh-huh. is my huxtable award yes um i would like to give myself a lifesaver um i would like to give lestrade <laughs> my huxtable award because to his credit when mm-hmm. that guy comes out of there lestrade flips out on the dude not yeah. for making him look like an idiot not for making him no. a dupe foot of an incompetent policeman but for trying to get an innocent man hanged Completely basically innocent. for the yeah. lulls yeah yeah no yeah you totally took it from me i was also going to give Lestrade my huxtable for that because it would have been yeah. so easy for him to be so caught up again like say what you will about Lestrade. yeah he, he was being a he was being a bitch about it for the first half when he thought it was right rubbing it in Holmes' face and all that but to be fair when he finds out he's wrong he doesn't even he doesn't say anything he just immediately goes uh, goes off on the guy starts to arrest him right? no you yeah. know what that actually feels <laughs> that feels right no it feels like a coat <laughs> i'm putting back on yeah yeah <laughs> and like he just he He's just kind of like, well, Holmes, you're right. All right, there we go. We're, yeah. you know, and-, and he thanks Holmes in this order yeah. for saving that man's life and saving his Lestrade's own career. Which presumably, if he had made this wrongful arrest and hung that man, and it, and it ever came out afterwards, Lestrade's career would be over. Yeah. Which really doesn't make a ton of sense because he, I mean, he followed the evidence. This was this was evidence designed to point to that conclusion. So I don't really see it being Lestrade's fault like he was doing his job as best he could it wasn't really I think he was more thanking Holmes for uh, maybe it was some kind of he was thanking Holmes for for pursuing the case in even even almost thanking him for proving him wrong because if later Lestrade had found out what Holmes already knew and Holmes had like Oh, he brought the evidence too himself. late or something, and yeah. the guy had already been hung, then Lestrade would have felt awful. So he was saying, like, right. hey, Holmes, thanks for, like, not letting me 
can like do that, not yeah, letting me be a law, you know. bro. Right? Yeah, exactly. See, that's this the thing. Lestrade is lawful good, and he one is. of the problems with lawful good is that it can't understand. It can understand people who aren't who aren't one or the other, but like it it, it has trouble thinking around corners sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it would never really occur to him to – I mean, he sees the evidence. He puts the evidence together. He's a simple man. He sees the crimes. He arrests the crimesmen. Yeah, and yeah. So, uh, yeah, Lestrade gets the, the double Huxtable. I'm going to have to find a sound effect for that. Right. Um, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. And yes, it turns out that Old Acre harvested McFarland's thumbprint uh, from that document that he had sealed with wax uh, and pressed mm-hmm. with his thumb, and uh, had done had yeah had planned to do all those things. Except they're things right. we already said because I already read all that. Bit. Right. So what what ultimately gave Old Acre away is that he was so. He was very smart. He went about the, honestly, the plan was yeah. really good. It almost got Holmes, but where he yeah. messed up was Nothing he, about the plan didn't work. Right. He, he literally did come back to plant more evidence against, uh, what Lestrade yeah. said jokingly. He actually did come back to plant more evidence to strengthen the case against him. Oh yeah. But uh. after Holmes had already seen that it wasn't there before so by it was kind of like he did his he did himself in he ever played his hand by, yeah, yeah yeah he played himself the flaw of the artist yeah yeah <laughs> he got too into the and to plan and ruin it for him and just as he's being carted away old acre says i have to thank you for a great deal perhaps i'll pay my debt one day bum 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 right except no because then he's hanged <laughs> and it's hard it's hard for ghosts to get revenge on people who don't believe in ghosts there's so honestly holmes like just leaves this trail of batman villains swearing revenge he upon really holmes does. life but then none of them ever yeah because doyle is not like one for continuity within his own canon nope. he just they just kind of or within the same story sometimes right no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of you just get all these really smart villains who never show up again they're like no we're like someday i'll get oh, my reds dead. on you mr holmes and then they don't but nope. yeah <laughs> there's that great bit uh you were you were a doctor Who'sman for a while weren't you a bit yeah up to 11 these go to 11 there's a bit oh 11's my favorite he's i my love first 11 doctor. yeah he's oh, great so good. good well there's there's that bit at the end of his first season where, like, he comes, it's the Sontarans, it's the Daleks, it's everybody working to, it's the Cybermans, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think the Cybermen are there yet. But anyway, they've all gathered together, and they're opening the Pandorica, and the, the, the whole thing, they've been weaving together this legend of something, some god-killing nightmare monster is inside this thing. And they open it up, and it's empty. And the doctor says, well, wait a minute, what's supposed to be in there? And they all turn to him, and they say, oh, no, no. It's you. And, like, he's... There's this moment where he's proud of them for putting aside their differences and coming together to bring down their greatest <laughs> enemy, him. And I feel like... I feel like with an author who had a little more sense of world building and continuity, mm-hmm. um, that could have been a real thing that happened with Holmes. Like, if a league of villains formed itself against it him... It totally could have been. been. It would have been awesome. If Doyle had been any different type of or even like been writing the stories later on maybe uh i think that that totally could have happened uh that would be be amazing that would be really fun someone should write that that'd be great (laughs) well i have three i have three bits of research yes let's Um, hear them first of all yeah well 
they talked a little bit about uh, the firemen who came to try and put out the lumberyard fire in the initial instance of arson. Yes. Um, which sounds like a really good, uh, like, indie rock record <laughs> that I'd listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't say whether or not the firemen were hunky. I think we can safely assume that they Obviously. were. Obviously. But, <laughs> so, I, I looked up the history of firefighting in England uh-huh. because I know that the first, what we recognize as a fire department was created by Benjamin Franklin in, you know, the late 1700s. So, apparently, London has burned down like a whole bunch yeah <laughs> like a lot of times yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a whole great fire um, about it exactly several great yeah. fires yeah um so after several large fires most notably the palace of westminster in 1834 and the 1861 tooley street fire the insurance companies all banded together and lobbied the british government uh to provide fire brigades at public expense so like <laughs> The insurance people were like, look, this is really cutting into our margins, dudes. Like, (laughs) can you help us out here? Like, we gotta do something about this. Yeah, so since 1865, the Metropolitan Fire Brigade Act was passed, creating the fire brigade uh, in London, and it has served ever since. And I thought that was interesting. That is neat. The the second bit of research I did was actually Mm -hmm. about something I learned about while working at my reality television transcription job. There is, here in Phoenix, Arizona... A unique craftsman, the only one of his kind in all the world. Mm-hmm. He is the only contractor in the world who is officially accredited, licensed, and bonded in the construction of secret doors and hidden passages. No way. It's the <laughs> raddest That is shit. so cool. I want to meet this guy. I want a whole documentary about him. <laughs> It's very good. Uh, they're called, what are they called? Creative Home Engineering. You guys, you can look it up if you want. And they specialize in affordable and sick as hell ah. secret bookcase passages. Yes. This one looks like a clock, but actually it's a porthole into your attic. It's very oh good. Oh my god, I'm absolutely looking that up. That is my shit. <laughs> Yep. So Stephen cool. Humble, Stephen Humble, founder and CEO of Creative Home Engineering. Uh, if you're hearing this by some cosmic coincidence, we would love to have you as a guest on the program. <laughs> yes, we would. You sound awesome. Yes, please. <laughs> please do. Love to hear. So go look them up. They're cool. Their shit is expensive, but cool. And the third thing yeah. uh, is one of my favorite books from when I was a pretentious teenager instead of a pretentious grown man. There is... <laughs> a book called House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielewski. Mm-hmm. And it is notoriously a physically difficult book to read because uh, in the style of the artist who uses the frame as part of the painting, it plays with typesetting quite a lot. Like, it's a big, hearty paperback, but there's like, here's a footnote, and the footnote is actually in a square in the middle of the page. Like, the rest of the page happens around it, and the footnote's in a square. The footnote continues for six pages on more pages in that That's same annoying. square. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really interesting and inventive, and it's a it's a great exercise in the relationship between form and function and storytelling. I was going to say an exercise um, in a, patience, but that too. Also, <laughs> it's also a genuinely great story, mm-hmm. and the the uh, the impetus, the the real spark of dramatic action in it is that this family is in their home one day, and this man is listening to his children laugh, as men with children will do, and suddenly the quality of their laughter changes in a way that he can't identify and can't account for. Mm-hmm. So he's nervous, he gets up, he runs, and suddenly there is a new door in his hallway that was not there a moment ago. <sighs> he looks into it, and he sees that this door leads 
probably some 60, 80 feet down its own hallway into darkness. The problem, Nicholas, yeah. is that on the other side of the wall that this door is on is his backyard. That's Into some... which a hallway does not extend. That is creepy. That is some Twilight Zone shit right there. Don't like that. And it, it keeps growing. To the point where there is this entire subterranean labyrinth below his house. It is terrifying. Oh my and, god. And it plays, it plays a lot with, like, meta-narrative stuff. Like, the actual story is that the physical book we're reading is an account piled together by a guy who met another guy who found a tape called the Navidson Record, which is actually the account of this thing happening. So it's it's a real, like... It's 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 a real like literature student project in a lot of ways, sure. but it's also very spooky. Yeah, so, that sounds House cool. Leaves, like that that really does sound cool. <laughs> if you've got a lot of patience and you're willing to read an extremely experimental book that'll that'll take a lot of effort on your part, go check out House of Leaves. But so that's uh, the research I had for today: secret passages, scary scary books, and hunky British firefighters. Nicholas, it's what say we find out yeah. what we're gonna read next time? Let's do that. Also, real quick, uh, I have to throw this Please out do. there. I believe in the opening scene of this episode, the TV series again, Jeremy Brett. If you are, yep. if you have access to it, I will also try to find a clip of this. They have a because the budget for the show was huge when it was started out. They have a oh, sure. um, scale, I believe, working replica of a Victorian era fire truck on screen really? for a few seconds. Um, it actually shows the fireman putting out. Uh, part of the, the fire, uh, of the wood pile. That's very good. And they've, like, everything's, like, like, real historic. It, it's pretty neat. I'll try to find it. Um. Yes, please. But yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense that the show would have budget because this was England's character. It was. Like, yeah. it was like. Yeah, no, they, they, like, yeah. they, like, built Baker Street for this show. Like, like, That's they built good. the street. Yeah, no, it's super neat. Um, I like that yeah. a lot. Okay. Let's, uh, let's give a roll here. Yes, let's do it. And next week. Gotta get the chungles up in there. There we go. Next week we are reading, let's see, that's 49. We don't have 49 left. 49 halved and rounded is 24. We are reading 1904's The Abbey Grange. All right. Do you know this one? I, this is one of those stories where, like, the title of the story doesn't really ring any bells as to what the story it's like the name of the house that the story takes place in sure. so it's like Makes it doesn't sense. really give you any thing to remember it by uh okay. but i i don't really remember it but i it, it sounds like the 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 tiny i feel I, I sound like a psychic right now the tiny hint of an impression that i'm getting about this story right. was that it was good and i enjoyed it so we'll see <laughs> the abbey grange you're yeah. getting wafts of good story yeah. it reminds me of little house on the prairie because uh Charles Ingalls was a member of the Grange, which I didn't know was a thing. Like, the name Granger refers to someone who was a part of a Grange, which was a farming and grain-selling merchants organization. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. I didn't know that until cool. I watched Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> it's a good fucking show. We're learning facts. We haven't even started the story I've been trying. I've been trying to get Donna. Shh, shh. We can't. We can just yeah. put yeah. it in here. I've been trying to get my wife to agree to do a Little House on the Prairie watch-through podcast with me. Okay. I think I can trick her into it. I've been yeah. saving up marriage points for a long time. All right, time. all right. <laughs> I'm going to try and cash those I, in. I really wish so, you luck with that because I would listen to it. I don't know anything about Little you. House on the Prairie, so I would I believe learn. you would enjoy yeah. it. I, my um, grandma was super into it, and she had generally pretty good taste, so 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. It seems like a grandma show. It does. It seems yeah. like a thing. It seems. But like I mean, Sherlock Holmes seems like a grandpa a show. So exactly, <laughs> and I love that Little House on the Prairie. Legitimately, one of my top favorite shows of of all time. Probably Very my top cool. five. Very um, cool. Yeah, yeah, Charles Ingalls is a personal hero of mine. He is in my council. He is in my cabinet of counselors. Mentally, <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes. So go ahead and read. What is it? The Abbey Grange mm-hmm. next time. Uh, please do tweet at us. You can find us at the final podblum. Uh, we would love to hear from you. If you should care to, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash semi although that will be changing soon. Uh, we are in the process of rebranding ourselves a little bit, and we're going to have a new network name pretty soon, but we'll keep you up to date, so don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to, you can go there, and if you fling us five bucks a month, uh, you can get a bunch of bonus materials like us talking about the knife that Nick found in the woods, and also his experiments with plants running for government uh, in the pre-show we do before every episode. And also you will get episodes most of a week early when life and catastrophic pandemic disease do not interfere with the editing process. You can go listen to our other shows like Dice and Virtue where we play Dungeons and Dragons. Or if you just want to add us and say, hey man, Sherlock Holmes is pretty cool. You know what we're going to do? We're going to hit like on that bad boy and we're going to retweet it because we are in the business of truth here at The Final Podblum. Yes, we are. And if anyone at all, anyone in the world, anyone who listens to us, anyone who doesn't listen to us, wants to talk to me about Jeremy Brett in any context, hit me up. Yep. I will talk about him all day long. Love that Absolutely. guy. Yep. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but I think in one of his blog posts, I saw that Brad Kefauver... Uh, editor-in-chief of the John H. Watson Society and creator of the Watsonian Weekly Podcast, I think I saw him say that he just doesn't get Jeremy Brett. So we really? might have, Oh, we got a conversation we about to have happen. A, feud, <laughs> a feud on our hands. You know what? We should have him on the show and I was ask him say, why. We should talk about Brad, it. Brad... <laughs> Brad, we know you're listening to this. Do you want to come? Do you want to have a? Do you want to have a crossover this podcast? Is, this do you want to come have a, have a chat with us? Friendly, do you want to come explain yourself, young extremely man? Extremely friendly, open invitation to yes. you, Brad. We love you. I read your blog no all the time. All. You seem like a chill guy. I would love Never to talk mind to you that about. Both of us have weapons that we discussed <laughs> in the pre-show in our recording spaces. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, Anduril, the flame of the West, may not be a knife that a forest mystically gave me, but it's still pretty good. Although, if Brad doesn't have orcish blood, I don't think it'll be nearly as effective on him. I don't, I'm not sure what the damage multiplier will be, but still. <laughs> yes. Brad, reach out. We'd love to have you. Yes. And maybe you'll get home in one piece. Who knows? <laughs> Until then, all our buddies, um, I can't, can't believe this is a thing we have to say in the year of our Lord 2020. Wash your damn hands. 20 seconds. <clears throat> whatever... Whatever you have to say and do to make yourself wash your hands what, for 20 seconds. Whatever Repeat your favorite song, speech, fear. doesn't matter. Just, just do it. Just find. Just do it. It's great. You can get the opening song to Hamilton, if you start singing Hamilton until they get to the first bit where it says, Alexander Hamilton, that's 20 seconds. I know you know <laughs> Hamilton, listeners. You can't not know Hamilton. Just do it. <laughs> also, don't worry about hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer kills bacteria, not viruses. It's not going to work. Just, just wash, wash your damn just hands. Just wash. I mean, you should be anyway, but please... <laughs> it's yeah. true men i'm looking at you guys come on oh jeez, the amount of times i've guys. seen someone leave a bathroom and not wash guys, his hands i just bro bros don't yeah and if you're like michael shannon if you feel the need to wash your hands before you go to the bathroom just wash them afterwards as well this is a double clean the shape of water reference that was 2018's hottest monster romance <laughs> that we know of all right buddies uh nick i'm out of go and the show i leave it in your capable hands Thank you. Threaten Brad again. <laughs> I'm just so he's gonna 
he can he canonically listens to this podcast every week and he yep. is not i can guarantee you he's not gonna expect this we love you brad we love every sherlock really holmes do. fan who who listens to this show you guys are all amazing thank you for listening to the final problem and we are very excited and delighted to uh be back with you next week as soon as we possibly can thank you so much have a great night nick evening, and afternoon day out. nick out see ya bye buddies. that's gross no don't worry about it i already hit stop <laughs> no shit <laughs>